0: Hello and welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast. I'm your host, journalist Holly Rubenstein. And here each week, I'll be speaking to a very special guest about their life's travel diaries. From the first place they fell in love with and their all time favorite destination to their hidden gem and what's at the top of their travel bucket list, we'll be uncovering their adventures around the world and the travel experiences and destinations that have shaped their lives. Today, we are being transported to an island paradise, an archipelago of nearly 700 coral islands, 100,000 square miles of the world's clearest turquoise ocean, secret sandbars, private coves, secluded pink sand beaches, and undisturbed wildlife. We are heading today to the beautiful Bahamas. There are 16 main islands in the Bahamas and no two islands are alike. With their own culture, history, cuisine, diving, fishing, there is something for every type of traveller. And I'm joined today by two fabulous guests who will be bringing these different islands to life. First, I'm joined by someone who's called the Bahamas their home for over 25 years. The designer, entrepreneur and former model India Hicks. India is the daughter of famed interior designer David Hicks and Lady Pamela Hicks. She's the granddaughter of Lord Mountbatten, who was Prince Philip's uncle and whose assassination by the IRA was most recently depicted on The Crown on Netflix. India was thrown into the spotlight as a teenager again when she was a bridesmaid to her godfather, Prince Charles and Princess Diana at their wedding. So it may seem somewhat of an unusual decision that India then settled and raised her five children on a tiny Bahamian island. She speaks to me from her idyllic home on the picture postcard Harbour Island. Now, there is one downside of living on a remote island, and that is dodgy island Wi-Fi. So, please excuse a little bit of Zoom robot voice coming up. I hope that you're still able to enjoy our conversation. And later, we'll be joined by the acclaimed travel writer and editor, Alicia Miller. Alicia has written extensively about the Bahamas and is full of tips and recommendations about so many different islands. So, Let's get started. Let's board that plane to paradise. Here's India Hicks. India, welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast and to this beautiful Bahamas Destination special. It is great to see you. How are you? Lovely to be here. So tell me about where you're joining me from.
1: Well, um, I am actually sitting in my office on Harbour Island in the Bahamas, and I've lived here for 26 years. This is my home. And the strangest part of that is that there is a pink sand beach at the end of my garden. Or not the strange part, but the most wonderful part.
0: Yeah. So Harbour Island is pretty small, would you say? Tiny as far as islands go it's tiny it's three miles long and half a mile wide wow I'm going to ask you a lot more about Harbour Island in a moment but we're going to go on a journey today through the five chapters of your Bahamian travel diaries and we'll start with chapter one which is your first Bahamian travel memory what would that be India?
1: Well, um, very young, very, very young. I grew up coming to Windermere Island, which is a neighbouring island to Harbour Island. Uh, it's just off of the joined to it by a bridge. My father built a very remarkable house the year I was born. It looks like an Egyptian mausoleum. But it was an amazing, um, amazing construction, amazing design, amazing um plan to have a home that was so completely unique and different to everything else around it but also very befitting to the island so it didn't feel um ostentatious or out of place at all he made it it was rendered in cement with the pink sand from the from the beaches mixed with seashells so that the actual walls are, are, are very beautiful and and work very well with the with the surrounding scenery so i would grow up um going on holidays there and one of my earliest memories was actually coming across the bay to Harbour Island, where my father insisted we come and look at the architecture. I was terribly bored by that as a five-year-old and was just waiting for the ice cream.
0: <laughs> so what was Windermere Island like? And is it an island that you go back to still now? Absolutely, yes.
1: Windermere is one of those rare examples where time does literally stand still. And it has remained very much as a sort of Robinson Crusoe Five, which is a wonderful thing so the beaches are empty there is there's no shop on the island you have to drive at least 25 minutes to near a shop and it, it just feels intensely private
0: mm. so that is so lovely that the Bahamas has been part of your life for so long since your childhood chapter two is the first place that you fell in love with in the Bahamas where would that be
1: Well, I mean, I think that the sort of intimate relationship I had with Windermere would mean that that was the one I felt most familiar with um, and most um, sort of enamoured with. So I, I, you know, one doesn't really think back what was the first place i fell in love with. It It was just that there was always a a, there was always a there was always the sort of feeling of Windermere Island within my blood. And it kind of felt like part of me.
0: So you went when you went to Harbour Island as a child it obviously you were more excited about the ice cream like you said but then what was it that uh, drew you drew you back there because I've read that you have lived all over the world in the UK France the US what made you decide to make the Bahamas your home it's a big decision
1: that was just pure fate in the fact that David who's sitting in the next door office he um, was a friend of my sister so i would known him in a previous life he had come to, uh, to Windermere Island with, with my family on a number of occasions. And then he was introduced to Harbour Island. So all the same sort of feeling of, you know, swaying palm trees, um, white sand beaches, turquoise seas. And he fell in love with Harbour Island and was offered a job to manage a small boutique hotel here. Right. So he gave up his life in London and moved out here. And I re-met him, and it's what he would describe as our Casablanca moment. I walked up the hill and over and into the little boutique hotel he was managing. Um, and he looked up to see me and said, "Of all the gin joints in all the world. <laughs> and four months later, I was pregnant. So we decided that we would stay. We had no, long, had no idea for how long. We just took it literally day by day. And now we find that we've been here for 26 years.
0: Amazing, amazing. And, you know, in terms of your decision to stay there for so long i mean you grew up in a very well-known family which i've met kind of mentioned in my introduction um do you think that choosing to live on a small island for that length of time is more kind of a escapism from like the noise and attention that you might have had around your family when you were younger or do you think it's more like the solitude and the kind of peacefulness of small island life like or do, or maybe a combination of both
1: very good question. Um... I think probably a, a bit of both. You know, I, I've I've lived only fleetingly in cities. Um, London only for a little bit, Paris only for a little bit, New York for a little bit. I mean, it sounds it sounds as though it was sort of you know a lot of cities, but actually, it was when I was modelling, I would be travelling constantly and out on trips and away. So I'm not a city person at all. I'm much more having grown up as a child in the countryside, and obviously spending holidays in the Bahamas. It felt that the sort of more wild. Environment suited me, so I didn't miss the city at all. And actually, making a life here felt like a new and um, exciting adventure. And I think I've always looked for adventure.
0: Mm. And what about raising a a large family on a small island like what kind of like what are the pros and cons of that?
1: Well, it's definitely not as easy as it might seem. We have five children, one of whom is the hang in, and, and we adopted. He's been with us since he was about two, but we adopted him when he was 12 and his mum died. So we even sort of live in very unusual circumstances. It's not only been a sort of unusual choice to stay here, but then our children are uh, uh, a sort of a mixed batch of unusualness. And it's it's an amazing upbringing for them in the sense that it's a very small community and black and white live together. And there's no gated community here. I could not live in a gated community. Um, I want to be part of the, the, the gritty side of life and the real side of Bohemian life. I don't want to see it from behind a gate. And um, for the children, uh, they went to a little school here and then they went overseas uh, to finish school. So my children, you know, Harbour Island is home. This is where they come back to. This is where their childhood toys are still stashed in their bedrooms. Um, their pets are here. Their friends are here. And this is where they felt anchored in life.
0: So tell me about Harbour Island in terms of if um, I was to book uh, a trip there, where would you say that I should go? What should I see? Where should I eat? Like what are your kind of favourite places to recommend for visitors?
1: Well, it depends entirely on whether you're a family with young children, whether you're a newly engaged couple, whether you're backpacking, um, because obviously there's different price ranges and different options for whatever your budget is. And budget comes into it quite a lot because Harbour has become popular. Right. And as a result, it's become quite expensive. So there are now definitely, um, there are definitely um less expensive options through Airbnb. There are some very beautiful hotels um, right on the beach. Um, The Dunmore Beach Club would be one, particularly if you have a large budget and you're wanting to be beachfront with a beautiful Bahamian interior and good service. And a pickleball court, that's very important. We've started playing pickleball, which is the fastest growing sport in America. Um, And and Dunmore um, boasts two pickleball courts. So that's rather fun too. So we'll often play with guests down there. And then there's the landing, which I used to be very involved with. We renovated and restored and relaunched that a number of years ago. It uh, has real Bahamian charm, but it's on the bay side, not on the ocean side. I, you know, I personally always think you want to you want to find somewhere that reflects the country and the personality of the place that you're in, rather than a sterile um, hotel environment. So I think between the landing and the Dunmore, you get to very lovely options there.
0: They sound gorgeous, both of them. I'm right, am I right in thinking that it's uh, an island that doesn't have cars?
1: You were right in thinking that. Unfortunately, slowly, slowly over the years, cars have made their way onto oh, the island. Right. But the main form of transport is still a golf cart. Oh, that's so
0: lovely. I just love that kind of pace of life. Do you go around generally in a, in a golf cart when you're kind of doing your chores and things like that?
1: I actually go around on a quad bike, oh, but cool. it's essentially... <laughs> four wheels um, and no, no roof.
0: Amazing, amazing. Okay, so chapter three, this is always the tough one, your all-time favourite Bahamian destination.
1: So last summer, we had the, the, the great um, good luck to go to Kamalamiki. Oh,
0: Kamalamiki, I've heard so much about this hotel.
1: A fantastic um, Bahamian location, long sandy beaches, incredible, Incredibly private, very quiet, everybody goes around on golf carts there, only sand roads, lots of wildlife, lots of long walks, um, just two tiny restaurants. You can watch movies under the stars. And it was a lovely experience run by two brilliant men and their mother and father, so sort of family run place. And I also, for my daughter's 14th birthday, went to Nassau and stayed at Bahama, Rosewood, Bahama. Oh, that I've seen that. That looks stunning.
0: Quite a contrasting island. Like, is is, is the kind of Bahama area, like, quite different, I imagine, in feel to, say, to, ha- to Harbour Island? You know, it's bigger.
1: Com- completely, it feels more like a city, whereas Harbour Island is, you know, teeny, teeny tiny. But the rosewood Bahama is um especially the fact that if you do have 14-year-olds who are trying to celebrate a birthday, there's lots to do. There are pink flamingos. There is a water park. um, There are beautiful lush gardens. There is croquet. There is obviously a beachfront. So, so that was that was a pretty special trip too. And then obviously home here on Harbour Island. You know that that never goes without a mention. Of course,
0: yeah. I imagine you obviously have a lot of people coming to visit you out in in harbour island when aside from harbour island when people are, are, are making a first timers trip to the bahamas where would you say like you have to you know you must visit this island or this island they there, kind of some must sees that you would tell them to 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 include in their itinerary
1: again i think it depends on on what what people are looking for you know there's some amazing bone fishing places down in the abacos um and there's some amazing um you know waters um you know just incredible turquoise waters down there the you know the bahamas offers sun and sand and turquoise water so you're pretty safe wherever you go it's it's fairly remarkable um and obviously the 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 heartbeat of the country is tourism as a result of that and and the wonderful thing is you know you're still very safe here You're, you're you're definitely safe so it's not often that you can go wrong the only thing i caution people is The the service, it is island time and people must take that into account. Um, If you want to enjoy your holiday, take into account it's island time. (laughs) A
0: small price to pay in paradise, I'd say. So chapter four then, the penultimate chapter is your Bahamian hidden gem, a place that you love that my listeners might not have ever heard of, that you've discovered because you know
1: the Bahamas as well as you do. There are so many wonderful experiences to have here in the Bahamas. Junkanoo Canoe is a fantastic Bahamian festival that happens every Christmas and New Year, normally on Boxing Day. And there are many, um, many theories as to how the name came about. Was it John in his canoe who was a slave that was given a day off? Um, but it's all about a festival of paper, music, drums. And the, the, when I say paper, the costumes are all made from paper. Um, flour and water gluing together these incredible costumes. Wow. There's not often find a community of big, strong, strapping men who will dance down a street drumming a drum, wearing a skirt that they have cut and placed themselves. <laughs> Um, but it's a very macho, um, it's a very macho uh, parade. It's, it, there, there is a real sense of belonging. I mean, the, the guys here you know, take it very, very seriously and it, it's a fantastic parade. So I think if anybody gets the opportunity to see that either in Nassau, which is on a whole different scale the Harbour Island, Harbour Island is quite small. Nassau is huge and it goes on through the night and into the early hours of the morning. And it's a competition. Um, so two sides are competing against each other. So it gets very tribal in some ways. But it's just it's just an amazing thing to see and witness. And if anybody gets the chance to go into one of the junkan shacks, they're called, to see the cutting and pasting happening and to see the costumes being made, it's incredible. And it always amazes me how much creativity that there actually is here. And you, you never kind of think it doesn't sort of it doesn't occur to you. You always think of sort of growing pineapples or fishermen. But actually, the creativity surrounding the New festival is amazing. Oh, that
0: sounds so fun. So that's between Christmas and New Year.
1: Yes, it's normally once on Boxing Day and then once on on New Year's Day. All right,
0: that's a great tip. And how about your favourite place to eat? I know, I'm I'm asking you for like I know to pick to pick certain places when you must have, you have so many places that you like. But is there a, a place that you'd recommend in particular?
1: Well, there are sort of three that come to mind on Harbour. And there's the Queen Kong. Um, which has been here forever. Again, family run store, and it's fresh conch salad made with hot peppers and fresh orange and a lot of lime and a lot of green and red peppers with the conch chopped up.
0: Conchs are clearly so popular in the Bahamas. I actually didn't really know what they were, to be honest. Um, so I looked them up, and they are, yeah, they're a kind of sea snail, aren't they? They always
1: say that the, the conch salad is an aphrodisiac, which might account for four of my children. <laughs> Then there are two other places that I like a lot because they're run again by, by um Bahamians who are very much part of this community. One is Coco's coffee shop and it's lovely, and run by a young couple, and they do great coffee, and the line is very long. And then the other is called the Sweet Spot, and it's actually all vegan um and very healthy, which again isn't necessarily part of the Bahamian diet by nature, but um these two German Bahamian sisters have started this and it's it's very nice and it's it's really local and it's down by the government dock, the fishermen's dock so you see all the guys playing back and you hear them all swinging and shouting across the across the road and you can just sit out.
0: That sounds glorious amazing recommendations. So finally then we are on to chapter five, which is the destination at the top of your Bahamas travel bucket list. Is there somewhere that you haven't yet visited that you would love to go?
1: I feel that I've been so lucky in in staying in so many amazing places from tiny beach shacks to beautiful five star hotels. But I would love to dive the blue holes. And I think that that needs exploring. Um, And as I said, I do like adventure. And I think that there is an incredible underwater world there that I have not been able to be a part of yet. So what are the blue holes? They're these big, big, like underwater caves. They're very, 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 very deep. And they are out in the Abacos again, I'm pretty sure. But they're like, you know, they've been featured in National Geographic and they are they're pretty spectacular. So I hear, wow. but I'd like to sit for myself. One thing I've suddenly remembered, actually, I had one really life changing experience a year ago. Um, we had just come out of COVID and lockdown and I had a cousin come and visit and he was going through his bucket list. He decided that because of COVID, he was going to actually do fulfill his bucket list. One of them was to dive with tiger sharks. So we actually flew to Grand Bahama. And then we went all the way out, sort of between halfway between Grand Bahama and Bimini, in the middle of, you know, it's called Shaga, Tiger Shark Beach. There's no beach at all. You just dive straight down. But the water has got hundreds of nurse sharks that you have to dive through. Wow. Yes it sounds crazy and it is crazy you dive through the shots and you get to the bottom and you wait and then obviously you're with a guide essentially and they they tap a, a tank and the, and the tiger sharks come in and these are just monsters incredible sized monsters they're probably something like 18 feet oh, and they, they just glide in and they're huge you're given a pdc pole that you have to hold and you're told to nudge it gently if it gets too inquisitive to you and i just said this is what's going to save my life this pdc pole (laughs) it was an amazing experience and they're rather like lovely sleepy puppies they come over they want to see you they get close you nudge them with your pole but i've got some images that i look back and i think Oh my God! I was in the bottom of the ocean with that incredible monster, that sea monster above me. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. That was a once
0: in a lifetime. Wonderful. Oh, thank you so much, India Hicks. Those were your Bahamian travel diaries. It's been so lovely to speak to you from your beautiful home.
1: Thank you. Ready to pop the question?
0: even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cosy retreat for fellow travellers, just like I do. Whether you choose to rent out your entire space or just a spare room, it's up to you. I list my spare bedroom, and it's been a fantastic experience, both financially rewarding and a great way to connect with new people. So if you're planning your own summer getaway or any trip for that matter, consider putting your home on Airbnb. It's a fantastic way to earn extra income that can go towards your travel expenses, souvenirs, or even that special treat you've been eyeing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries. Oh, such a pleasure to chat to the delightful India Hicks. And now we're joined by Alicia Miller, who's going to continue our tour around the Bahamas' most beautiful islands. Alicia, welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this beautiful Bahamas
2: special. We're going to be transporting ourselves to those gorgeous sunny climes. Thank you, Holly, for having me. It's an absolute delight to be here uh, talking to you about the beautiful Bahamas and imagining I'm there today as I look outside my London window where it's really rather (laughs) grey.
0: And it was so lovely hearing from India there. I mean, her idyllic life on Harbour Island, such a stunning setting to to be living there um I know that it's a place that you also really loved when you visited recently
2: Harbour Island um to me is is just really what the the Caribbean ideal is all about and I should say if India is looking to adopt another child then I'm certainly available because (laughs) if I had the ability to move there I would be there in a heartbeat it's um it, it really is what you imagine uh a Caribbean island to be where uh, in perfection, so it's very small, as India said, uh, just a few miles long and a mile and a half wide. So you can really walk everywhere, though. Of course, as she mentioned, people tend to get around on golf carts. But one side of it is this really beautiful little harbor, and it's cluttered with these colorful clapboard houses and beautiful little shops, including India's boutique, which is the sugar mill, and it has the most amazing beachware. And- And lifestyle products it's absolutely stunning and there's a straw market Uh, and there's a few little boutique hotels one at the landing which india mentioned which is beautiful and i think probably the best meal i had on harbor island Uh, they have this spicy crab capellini which is just heaven uh, on earth and um Mm yeah uh, further along that side of the island as well, there is a little har- harbor with some yachts where people like Serena Williams will come in uh, moor up their boats as they're as they 're traveling around the Bahamas. but then, on the other side of the island, which is just that mile and a half uh, walk away or or golf cart ride away, is the most stunning pink sand beach you 'll ever see, and it 's just smooth and really gently shelving and these waves come in and it, you, if you get there early in the morning for sunrise the sand just glows this beautiful hue that is just it, it's it's unlike anywhere else in the world i mean it's amazing Ugh. and then there's some little boutique hotels also dotted dotted along there so the Dunmore which India mentioned is one of my favorites and the, all the hotels are very small so it's not big built up resorts at all like we're talking sort of 10 12 rooms max at at most of them mm-hmm. and at the Dunmore mm-hmm. they have this beautiful patio where you can just lose an entire afternoon to a lunch having fish tacos and um, goombe smashes. So goombe smash is is popular throughout the Bahamas, but it's really popular on Harbour Island. And it's basically fruit juices and just all the rum um, <laughs> that exists in the Caribbean in one glass. And it's phenomenal. And you just sit there drinking, having one or two, and then get a bit wobbly and just kind of go zigzag down the stairs um, after lunch to the beach. And there you are right on the pink sand and that's that's your afternoon sorted
0: oh my gosh that sounds like paradise in every way yes (laughs) yes it is (laughs) so how do you go about getting there
2: yeah so and this is also part of the magic of the place is it's a bit of a faff but um it isn't. It isn't. I should say. When you read it on paper, I think it puts a lot of people off because. So there is a ferry that you can get from Nassau, which takes several hours, but it can sometimes um, it can sometimes been canceled, be cancelled, be cancelled due to weather because you know this is this is the Bahamas. This is there's all sorts of weather patterns going on. So I, I've been in that position before. So mm-hmm. most people tend to make the fifteen minute flight over to neighboring Eleuthera, and from there you hop a taxi. Which takes about five minutes to the to the harbor, and then from there it's a seven minute boat ride over to Harbor Island. So when you look at it on paper, you think, oh gosh, there's a flight, and then there's a taxi, and then there's a boat. Like, oh, this seems like a pain, and I think that puts people off. But it's great that it puts a lot of people off because actually, um, it's a well oiled machine. Mm. You know, in the Bahamas, they're used to getting around. Mm-hmm between islands you know the way we take highways in the uk you know they're they're taking boats around it's super easy everything works everyone's lovely and actually once you do it you're like oh what was i worried about this was fine
0: and what was your experience of uh, the seaplane
2: you know what so that so if you if you haven't been on a small plane before traveling around the bahamas is a bit of a an interesting experience because there are there are um obviously between the islands they don't the flights are are so frequent and um they don't need large aircraft so there are quite small planes and actually um it's it's over before you know it so if you're nervous i wouldn't be nervous it's so it's so normal there it's so easy uh everyone does it all the time it's like you know you see the bohemians getting on and like reading their books or the newspaper and like just used to it like it's like hopping on the bus um yeah but um i think there's also something really magical about getting on such a small plane you really feel like you're in holiday mode. It's not something you would ever do at home.
0: And you land on the water, which I, which is an experience that so many people maybe have never had before.
2: Yeah. So it depends where you go. So when you fly into Eleuthera, you do land on, for, for Harbor Island, you do land on land. Uh, but you can uh-huh. take, so for example, um, which I will mention later on, uh, one of my favorite places is Kamala May Kay, uh, a hotel on its own little strip of sand island off of the island of andros and you can fly into andros for that but uh the preferred way is to take the seaplane and you come in and um when i did it it was it was the weather was a little bit windy Mm -hmm. we'll say so uh the landing was a little bit choppy but i i don't know it just adds to the magic of feeling like you're getting somewhere special you feel like you've earned it the pilots know what they're doing so it's never never a worry from that point of view
0: so you mentioned obviously like there are so many different islands of the Bahamas you know you might think just of Nassau because that's where most flights from the UK fly into I think all flights fly into Um, but there's there's so much on offer but before we go into all the different islands of the Bahamas flying into Nassau you know what would you cover there would you spend some nights on that island before heading out like what was your experience of um, Nassau?
2: Certainly. And I think, you know, for some people, Nassau, it it will be their Bahamas break. And for me, I love island hopping because I think there are so many, um, people have a a view of the Bahamas that it's all perhaps the same, all the islands, but it's not, you know, they really do all have their own little personality. Some are more cute little towns like Harbor Island or Spanish Wells. Some are very wild, like Eleuthera and and quite large and um, just uh, not built up at all. Um, but na- Nassau, um, you know, obviously there's a bit, you maybe need a bit more time or there's a bit more logistics and planning involved in doing island hopping. While it's very easily done, some people don't want that. Maybe if you're traveling with young children or you just want a really easy break uh, for some sunshine. And for that, Nassau does that absolutely amazingly. So um, there's a few different areas where people p- people would go for that. So um, Paradise Island is one of the most popular areas for resorts, and that has uh, the stunning Four Seasons Resort, uh, which has been in the Bond films. Um, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig emerging from the water, I believe, um, in a very famous scene there. They Iconic. do also make a very, very good Vesper martini. Yes, exactly. And... Um, yeah, it's a beautiful hotel and actually it's right it's one of the oldest hotels on the island. So it it's it's very spread out, very private feeling. You have beautiful views of the water and uh very secluded, a very private feeling beach. All the, the beaches in the Bahamas are all public, but it, it feels very private, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um but then you mm-hmm. walk down the sands and you have Atlantis, which um is certainly much busier, but it's phenomenal for families i mean the activities are endless there are more restaurants and you could probably visit in three weeks uh just so much to do Mm. you probably never have to leave the resort if you just want lots of activities and fun for children and then further along the coast off of paradise island is Bahamar, which is a quite a new resort. And I think uh, in India also mentioned that as well. There are a few hotels mm, the there. The Rosewood there. The Rosewood is beautiful. I've stayed at the Rosewood. It is very lovely. Uh, nice spa, mm. beautiful rooms. <laughs> it looks incredible. Yes. And um, they have uh, – the food scene there is also amazing. So they have a Daniel Baloud restaurant. Um, on the Greater Bahamar Resort, they also have a Marcus, Marcus Samuelson restaurant. So – there's, you know, it's very social destination as well. So if you're coming with a group of friends or again with a family, it's really nice. So if you want like some nightlife and shopping and a bit of that fun activity to accompany beaches and sunshine, then Nassau is perfect. If you want more of that tranquility, quiet, uh, privacy then that's where the out islands, which are basically all the other islands, um, aside from New Providence, where Nassau is, is the, that's where they come in.
0: So then let's head out to these outer outer islands. I mean, as we were saying, so varied what they have to offer from the culture, the history, the cuisine, the diving, there's something for every type of traveler. So with that in mind, where would you head to for kind of those different things that you might be looking for on a holiday. So how about cuisine? Where, where would you maybe head to for that?
2: So cuisine, actually, you know, I do think Nassau, the food scene, is really great because aside from the places I've already mentioned, uh, downtown has a lot happening as well, downtown Nassau. Uh, there's the Cliff Hotel, which has a sort of granny chic vibe to it. It's a bit old school, but <laughs> it has the third largest wine cellar in the world, which is not what you would expect in the bahamas given it's not a country that that makes wine um but it's amazing and they have a bottle i think it's from 1727 that is available to purchase so it is absolutely insane um i wonder how much it's on it it's not cheap i can tell you that uh it's uh but you can go down into the cellar and have a tour they'll show you around it's um you can you can pretty much touched the bottle um itself so it's quite something huh. but also um there's a great local food scene as well there's the fish fry which is just a little bit outside of town and it's especially popular in the evenings on the weekends sunday is known as locals night and it's just it, the atmosphere is fantastic there's people kind of it's basically a strip of restaurants. It's called the fish fry, but it's actually many restaurants along a, a strip of land near the water. And locals will drive down through their cars. There's there's horns honking. There's loud music coming out of um, these restaurants. They're kind of, there, it's a social scene as well as as a place to go eat, and all the restaurants serve similar things. So it's conch salad, which is the sea snail that India mentioned. The conch salad is is the Bohemian favorite uh, meal, but conch fritters, uh, fried fish, so red snapper for example or grouper, and everyone's drinking calic beers, and the atmosphere is electric, and um, it's uh. just super fun. But the food is also delicious uh that my favorite place there is called frankie gone bananas and the conch salad <laughs> what a I, great name, you know or is so so good it's so locals say that um you know the conch is really good and really fresh when it's soft So the the fresher the meat has to be super fresh, or it starts to get a little bit hard and not as tasty. And there, it's just it's almost like it's almost like butter. It's so soft, and um, they put lots of lime. Mm. And oh, it's yeah, delicious. Sounds like a
0: taste of the Bahamas, literally.
2: Yes, definitely. And how
0: about? Um, I mean, every island, as India also said, is known for having gorgeous beaches. Really, I mean, that is something that is ubiquitous. But is there an island that you found in particular where the beaches just took your breath away?
2: You know, it's hard because I think there are even even the kind of not the best beaches in the Bahamas are still better than probably most other places you've been. Um, they're just they're just all so beautiful. I I must say Harbor Island to me was the most magical of all the places because that pink sand is is just so stunning. But the Exumas are also famous for their beaches. Spanish Wells has a, has a couple nice beaches as well, but I think it's it's hard to go really too far wrong in my experience um in the major destinations
0: and the water there as well I mean is so clear and turquoise isn't it mm-hmm.
2: absolutely the what the water is a beautiful color it's very um the the destination obviously has great snorkeling and diving as well uh so as well as enjoying you know the water from the beach side of things uh, a lot of people also get into it in those kinds of activities and um, for example andros which is the really big wild island just off of new providence it's funny because it's very close to new providence by plane it's sort of 10 15 minutes and yet comparatively there's just like no people <laughs> there's nothing there but mm-hmm. it's because there's it's the the island um, is covered in mangrove but it means that there's these amazing varieties of fish and and there's this huge reef. I think it's the second or third largest barrier reef in the world that, that protects it. And you have these amazing uh, snorkeling and diving opportunities there.
0: Wonderful. I mean, it just seems as though, I mean, we know that the Bahamas has long been one of the most eco eco-friendly destinations, outperforming a lot of other Caribbean destinations on that front. And the diving, the snorkeling there, you know, that, that's part of the reason, like, they, they're preserving this incredible natural habitat. Um, I mean, from your experience, could you really kind of see those initiatives in practice when you were traveling there?
2: I think it's really interesting, as soon as you land in the Bahamas, um, at least on British Airways flights, they say, just so you know, there's there's no um, single-use plastic is completely banned. You, if you take anything off the plane, you'll be fined. And so, as soon as you mm-hmm. get there, you're, really. you know you're already um, got the sense that 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 that's an important part of the experience in the Bahamas, and um, which is obviously a great thing. <laughs> we should all everywhere should be banning single-use plastics. So it's fantastic. But there's also a lot of initiatives. Yeah. I think particularly. In connection to the ocean. I think given it's a, a, a country of islands, um, thousands of islands and um, keys, then people really um, are aware of the impact that it's ha- that it's having on them very directly with climate change. So there's a lot of projects mm-hmm. underway to to restore coral reefs in particular that have been very hard hit. Uh, with bleaching events and things, so for example, there's the Coral Vita project on Grand Bahama, and it won the Earthshot Prize last year, which which you may have seen.
0: Yeah, that's and huge.
2: Yeah, yeah, and they've basically uh, found a way to make coral grow fifty times faster. So you, any anyone can actually go and adopt a piece of coral. And then they will they will grow it to, to the size it needs to be, and then have it transplanted out into reefs where it's needed uh, throughout the Bahamas to restore some of those really important habitats, which obviously are supporting the oceans as a whole. Without the coral reefs, there mm-hmm. there is no ocean mm-hmm. life. And there's a similar project called Brief on New Providence, uh, which you can visit actually mm-hmm. if you're staying at any of the hotels there, they'll they'll happily arrange a visit for you as well. And they are also growing coral to regenerate reefs. And um, as well as that, they have an underwater sculpture garden, which is yeah. really interesting. So you can snorkel through that and see that and see the coral nursery and uh, learn, learn about uh, the plight of the oceans and sort of what, what's being done on the ground there to, to improve things. That's brilliant. So I'd
0: love to hear a little kind of whistle-stop tour through your kind of Bahamas chapters your all-time favorite hotel.
2: This is very difficult because I could spend my life imagine. just living in the various hotels of the Bahamas because there are so many beautiful ones. But the aforementioned Kamolame Key, I think, really had a special place in my my heart. Um, so, as India mentioned, she stayed as well. It's it's a real celebrity favorite. Justin Timberlake has stayed there, and various people, but. I think what draw, draws people is this amazing combination of a really unique landscape and then total privacy. So it's, basically, it's just really the island is like this tiny strip of sand. And on one side, you have the beaches, which are east facing. So you get the sunrises coming up. And on the other side, you have mangroves, beautiful mangroves, which are west facing and you have the sunsets. And it's a collection of villas. So everyone has their own private villa, which are cloaked in greenery. And But mm. on one side of oh, your villa, wow. you have the beach. And on the other side, you have the mangrove. So you wake up to the sunrise and you go, you know, have your evening aperitif to the sunset through the other side because you've got windows, you know, on both sides. And um, it's amazing. <sighs> you, you kind of feel like you're the only person there, I mean, the the villas are all different sizes, so some sleep too and some sleep, you know, quite a few people. So you could come with family or friends, but w- regardless which one, you just feel like it's your, your own private island, the way it's set up. It's very private, but then you hop in your golf cart. Is it park. a
0: um, hotel resort? So like the whole island is for the, the hotel? Whole,
2: yes, the entire island is the hotel. It's exclusively, so it's a private island. Uh, which sounds very luxurious, but is it, and it is, but is quite common thing in the in the Bahamas because there are just so many islands, many people, many celebrities own their own private islands and things. For example, so uh, you really get it's really quite a, a unique experience, um, one that you don't get in too many other parts of the world. Obviously, there are some such as in mm. the Maldives and things, but it's only the hotel on the island, so. Everyone there is staying there. It's very quiet. Um, you don't have people really popping in for lunch or that kind of thing. And then there's there's a beautiful little restaurant at the end of the island. So you, you feel totally secluded away. And then you hop in your little golf cart because that's how everyone gets around. And you drive down to this restaurant for dinner. And suddenly there are people and it's very twinkly with lights. And there's beautiful food like a uh, bohemian lobster. Mm. And it's buzzy. And it's it, you suddenly suddenly feel like you're part of this wonderful little club where um everyone's friendly and there's a good vibe but then equally you can go back and hide away in your villa when you want so it's the perfect it's the perfect mix between privacy and seclusion and uh social social activity when you want it uh it sounds like the ultimate honeymoon
0: destination
2: definitely i think for honeymooners it's certainly really popular um I was there with my husband, which was lovely. Not, um, not honeymoon, but it was certainly very romantic. So I can highly recommend it.
0: Oh, lucky husband,
2: yes. <laughs> so, how about your
0: hidden gem, a place that you discovered while you were there that you think is relatively undiscovered?
2: I find this one a bit hard because I think there's just so much that feels hidden, waiting to be discovered about the Bahamas. Um, that's Pers- part person- of the magic, isn't it? Uh, it is part of the magic. Um, I I had a lovely lunch at a place called The Poop Deck uh, on, on New Providence. There's two of them, but there's one a little bit further west down the coast that I went to. And there's a beautiful little bit of beach and the food is lovely. Again, it's very classic conch salad, conch fritters, Great little fun fruity cocktails. so I really I really liked that. But I think the island of Eleuthera as well, where you land on your way to Harbor Island, is really quite undiscovered. Uh, I spent I spent a good full day. They're exploring with a guide, and we only covered sort of a third of it. There's so much to see, but most people most people miss it because they're they're just heading off to Harbour Island. But it's very wild. There are caves to discover. There are sinkholes you can swim in. Uh, there's beautiful beaches as well. So I think that's certainly on there.
0: There's a hotel there also called the Other Side, isn't there? That has one of the most photographed swimming pools it just looked incredible
2: yes there is the other side which is a bit of a glamping style resort so it's only open uh certain times of year but you you have I think I think it's all tented tented roofs and a beautiful pool and a bit more of a rustic feeling to it it's really really interesting idea and but but done very luxuriously you're not roughing it you're having a really nice mm-hmm. time. There's also another hotel there called The Cove, which is really popular with honeymooners and has had uh, some celebrity guests as well. But that also has beautiful, luxurious, low-key vibe to it, nice pool. Uh, and somewhere if you just want to relax and have your privacy is, is also really good. So that's what's interesting about Luther You can have these luxurious hotels, but there's also quite a lot of landscape to explore and little towns too they have um they're actually famous for being the home of the pineapple um i know they they grow some of the sweetest pineapples in the world and before the pineapple was taken to hawaii and had its big big global popularity explosion by being grown in hawaii it came from or it, it i don't know if it came from but it has roots in eleuthera
0: Fresh pineapple from a Bahamian island. Can't think of a taste of anything more tropical and more like representative of being on vacation.
2: Exactly, and they make pineapple cakes as well that you can that you can sample while you're there, which are also very delicious. So fresh pineapple, baked pineapple, tropical heaven. Oh, the dream, the dream. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: Alicia, I. On all these destination specials, I'm transported to these destinations. I, I dream of going to them. But this one, on this dreary London day, I am desperate now to get on a flight to the Bahamas. When you go back next, where is top of your bucket list? Is there an island or a part of an island that you haven't made it to that you'd love to go to you next time
2: there's so much actually and I think the list just seems to keep getting longer for me um but something I'd really love to do and I don't know if this is sort of like the eight-year-old girl in me or perhaps it's the millennial in me, I don't know. But obviously, the Bahamas is famous for flamingos as well, the Caribbean flamingo. And some islands in the south of the Bahamas have huge colonies with tens of thousands of them uh, that you can visit. I, I believe you can even go on a day trip from Nassau, though it's quite a big day trip. But as well as, well as the, the flamingos, there are um, all sorts of other Exotic bird species, like literally hundreds of bird rare bird species that you can see, and um I just think it would be so amazing to see thousands and thousands of pink birds <laughs> amazing. a, a kin, kindred spirit you know when I
0: started doing travel writing, my blog was called the travel flamingo
2: oh, see here we go you need to go
0: we well, let's go together, Alicia, let's plan a trip now
2: <laughs> I'm there I'm there I don't need any convincing really. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge about the Bahamas. It has been fantastic. So many tips um, and recommendations for us there. Thank you so much, Alicia, for joining me today.
2: Thank you so much, Holly. It's been my pleasure.
0: Oh, goodness me. How incredible do the Bahamas sound? These destination specials are dangerous for the wanderlust, aren't they? And with a recent increase in direct flights from the UK, including six flights per week with British Airways and twice weekly flights with Virgin, it's now even easier to make your island escape a reality. If you'd like to find out more about the Bahamas, head to Bahamas.com and don't forget the travel guides in your favourite newspapers and magazines. All the destinations mentioned by India and Alicia I've included in the episode show notes and on my website, thetraveldiariespodcast.com. I've grouped them all by island to make it as easy as possible. Next week, my classic celebrity episodes will get started. And if you want to find out who my first guest is, come and follow me on Instagram. I'm at Holly Rubenstein. I always love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening today. If you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to hit subscribe or if you're using Apple Podcasts to hit follow so that a new episode lands in your podcast app each week. If you're loving the podcast, it would be amazing if you could take a minute to leave a rating or review on your podcast app. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone, and I'll be back next week. airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries